0: Hello, friends. Welcome back. It's that time again. Let's go find our balls, shall we? My name is Jeff Stuckey. I'm in the shotgun position, drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. Couldn't even tell you the last time I had a Pabst Blue Ribbon 16-ounce can, so a delicious and abundant. And Greg (laughs) Allen.
1: Yes, uh, welcome. Hi, Jeff. So um,
0: I have a fairly pressing question
1: okay let's see if i can help (laughs) what the fuck happened to your hair (laughs) i got a haircut (laughs) you
0: you look like an eighth grade skateboarder well yeah is that the
1: vision or like what it it was it wasn't supposed to go to that extent you know but it's like uh, how about this undercut where it's short on the sides but the top kind of falls over it and you know that works when you got a ton of hair up there and you're in the eighth grade. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> the the longy thingies, like I don't even know how to describe those. Oh, I know they just kind of hang down. God, there. I wish we were on video so people yeah. could enjoy just. And then you've also got. I mean, you got like
1: cargo. You just did you ride a oh, skateboard? No, I rode my bike to work today though. My bicycle. Oh, so okay that, You know, it anyway. might have been it.
0: Um, <laughs> I had a unique experience this weekend. How's that? uh, Henderson has this thing called the Singer-Songwriter event. Oh, yeah. And uh, heard of that? I have. So went down there with my middle daughter, Reagan. Um, She and I are mostly kindred spirits, and then when we're not, like, we go at it. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not very often. But anyway, a buddy of mine met him down there, and we listened to – so the, the way it works is that there's four guys that sit in a square in mm-hmm. the center of a room. And then there's just rows of chairs behind them. And mm-hmm. they're, I don't know, there's probably hundred people there, 150, I don't know. It's a small venue, right? Super mm-hmm. cool. And they're all country music songwriters. And they, they tell the story behind a song and then they, perform their song and they just take turns doing that. Mm-hmm. And usually, I mean, it's, it's a cool thing, but this, this time I, I think I'm saying their name, right. Three of the four that were there were called the Nash villains. Mm. And so they're songwriters, but then they're also their own band. Yeah. Motherfuck.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. huh?
0: So like, it's like, Old school outlaw country. Mm-hmm. It's not like this poppy bastardized shit. Yeah. That, that's just my personal opinion about what country music has All become. Right. But this is like and dark, heavy shit. I mean, <laughs> lyrics that that move you from a different time and place, and uh, super, super cool. Great experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and Ra- that,
1: Reagan like that.
0: Yeah, she was. She got a little sleepy. Uh, mm. She's prone to that. But mm. um, yeah, we had a invigorating discussion on the way home. And the a buddy of mine, the buddy that that we met, he's this seventy five year old retired farmer, country gentleman, and uh, he's he's got more insane stories, like insane stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so listening to him tell his stories and then going to this event so it was cool anyway i'm gonna to try to get the nash villains to come on the
1: podcast yeah oh well, that'd be great that'd yeah be great well um i guess i don't have to do small talk today we don't need to have a small talk with greg session no we did your hair i
0: think that okay subs- is that good enough uh, that's
1: oh that's great for me i i really don't have anything But uh, I do have a question for you. I was hoping you could address for for me and for our listeners.
0: Well, let's see. I mean, as you know, if I can't, I will make something up as if I know what I'm talking about. All right, we'll
1: see. (laughs) So um, a lot of us work to make money, and then we spend it and pile it up. But we're, we're, I'll say, giving away or trading time for that. But it seems like we're not going to get that time back. We may get some kind of return for the the time we put in. We get money back that we can do something with that may or may not be worth it, (laughs) but we'll never get the time back. And I'm just wondering, how do you sort that out? How do you know how much time to put in, at what value you have enough money, and how do you use it to where it's worth the time you put in, you paid for it, so to speak? I do think you make an astute observation about the power
0: of money mm-hmm. and the power of buying stupid shit, <laughs> and why why does it have so much power over us? Mm-hmm. Why does it Why does it have so much power over us? Yeah. I mean, it's like, and how much is enough? You know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's my question. <laughs> I mean, Jesus fucking Christ! I mean, Jeff Be- Bezos still. I mean, he just built a fucking. Spaceship in the shape of a penis, and <laughs> flew it to outer space uh-huh. with a cowboy hat on, <laughs> trying to get something that's worth yeah. the amount of time that's been sacrificed mm-hmm. for all of that money. Yeah, in terms of the balance of all of that, I don't, I don't have a clue. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't tell an individual person. How they can do that. But the thing that I think is critical, especially for us as men to understand, is that those dollars that are in our pocket represent hours of our lives and a significant number of hours of our lives. And, I mean, a 40-hour work week? Mm Mm-hmm. How the fuck did we ever? (laughs) Yeah. When did we decide, well, fuck yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I should totally work 40, (laughs) 60 hours a week. Like, yeah, damn right I will. So you think about that massive sacrifice of hours of our lives, and not just for men, but for men in particular. And then we want something that is going to adequately give us a return on that investment. The problem is that time is finite. And we fucking know this. (laughs) That's right. Remind me what the mortality rate is? Oh, yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent.
1: No one gets out alive. Not
0: a single motherfucker makes it out of this thing alive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yet we so willingly sacrifice so many hours of our lives and then we're stuck in this trying to get something Oh, maybe I'll buy a new phone. I bet that's worth (laughs) hours of my life. Maybe I'll get a bigger house. That's worth hours of my life. Maybe I'll get a fancy new car that's nicer than most living conditions in the entire world Mm -hmm. that I spend 15 minutes in. Like maybe that'll give me an adequate return. Mm -hmm. And then we expect our wives to make us feel valued enough. Mm Mm-hmm for that sacrifice. Yeah. Well, that game's fucked, right? Right? Right. I mean, and then she has her own emotional needs, but mm-hmm. it's like and then those little fucking snotty-nosed <laughs> brats come and they're like, "Dad, can I have?" And I don't I don't want to resent, right? Right. But when I'm reaching into my wallet and I'm pulling out hours of my life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There may be some fulfillment that, oh, I am providing for my kids, but then it's like, well, there goes hours of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it starts to affect us on levels that that we wouldn't even think of. We start to mm-hmm. feel taken for granted. We start to have unrealistic expectations of people valuing us enough. And I think the, the first thing that we as men have to do is recognize the sunk cost of of trading hours of our existence for money. And obviously we have to have money. Yeah. But we have to have a conscious awareness of that exchange Mm -hmm. and realistic expectations that if if Jeff Bezos is worth I never said it is a Bezos? Bezos, yeah. Is that how you say Bezos? You Mm -hmm. say it very well. I do. Is that Cajun? Is Bezos Cajun? <laughs> no, I doubt oh, it. <laughs> okay. well, I don't know. You just kind of nailed it like Bezos um, and Zuckerberg. Is that right? Is that, that sounds that, right. I don't know if I could one? say that one. No, okay. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway, like motherfuckers going to outer space. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's yeah. cool. I guess I don't know what
1: you're going to do out there. Yeah. Like put on a space suit. And I know. but And that is an extreme case, and it, it serves as a great illustration. But I think we're doing that in our own lives, even with a new car that's not a uh, Ferrari or something like that. Right. You our know?
0: version of a variety, Ferrari or the Ferrari
1: that I can afford or yeah, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's always difficult to talk about balance or um, re- re-evaluating every little component in our life. But I do remember a time when my grandfather switched into the 40-hour work week from work in a farm. He, he did hunting, fishing, and farming. And he didn't have a, what you call a daytime job, you know. Uh, and I saw him gradually, I was, I was a young kid, but I saw him switch into working um, at a refinery. And that was because it was steady. Not like he wanted more money, but he wasn't dependent on the crops, you know, or how well fishing or hunting went, you know. Uh, and it didn't seem to be detrimental to his life because he made uh, like a decent exchange. But we're way beyond that. Like, we don't need the 40 hours to have enough to have a a decent living, a decent life, you know, or at least most of us, but we keep doing it. And so I think it's just time to reevaluate that. How many hours a week do I need to work? You know, if it's less than 40, maybe you work part-time, maybe you work a few years and take a few years off, you know, whatever it takes to to use those hours for more than making money.
0: And I think one of the things is, like, When you think about consumerism, you think about consumption, Mm -hmm. they know how to manipulate the fuck out of us. Yes. yes. Like they know exactly what they're doing. Like we are rats trying to get pellets Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know why we can't understand that. Like the game is fucking rigged, (laughs) man.
1: We know it we can talk about it but we'll still buy stuff on Amazon or walk into a store and oh man i need it they got these socks that wick away the sweat they must work my feet'll never stink again you know and, and then and the the, the
0: genius yes. <laughs> of amazon is the power of that. Right. So they already know they're already influencing us. You worthless piece of shit. You won't be happy until you have this or you Mm -hmm. have that. Mm -hmm. And now with that Amazon shit, man, it's just like swipe, 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 swipe. And then God, you drive through the neighborhood and you see all the fucking boxes. And like, (laughs) so, so Bezo can fly to, I fucking know. outer space in a cowboy hat. What was the deal with the cowboy hat?
1: I don't know, but did you see it? I did
0: not. It was odd. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it was odd. <laughs> I don't mean to judge and I'm not a hater. I'm one, I don't understand what he's going to do when he gets to outer space. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know what the cowboy hat like. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, if someone's immersed like, don't in Don't build
0: the fucking rocket and just wear the cowboy hat. Like <laughs> is that Right, right. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I I ordered a cowboy hat off of Amazon after that. I was like, well, <laughs> and it, did it tell you below that people that bought this also bought boots and gloves. <laughs> also built rockets
0: is what it said. I'm like, well fuck, now I got to build a
1: rocket. I don't have that kind of capital. Jeez. <laughs> All right, so how do we um how do we reevaluate what's going on in our lives to determine how much of our time are we willing to, to trade in for cash that we gotta later figure out how to make valuable.
0: I think there's a couple of, of things that we have to be aware of. I think we as men can resent the pressure that we feel. And that resentment is mostly on a subconscious level, can be but I think it has to be pushed up to a conscious level. Is my resentment coming out? And disconnecting me from the most significant relationships in my life Mm -hmm. that I long to be connected to. Mm -hmm. Right. I.e., my wife. Right. I.e., if I choose to have children, like raising and influencing this child Mm -hmm. is the single most important thing Mm -hmm. that I will do because I'm. I'm empowering them to survive. Yes. And one of the things that I find tragic is the number of men that I work with that don't really have a parenting philosophy. Oh, no. Like really have no clue what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them great guys, you know, but coaching your kid's sporting event is not a parenting philosophy. Mm -hmm. Going to their games is not a parenting philosophy. There's no saying that you always start with, begin with the end in mind. And it's like, what, what do I want for my child when my 18 years of influence are over? Yeah and 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 that, to me, is tragic. It's just tragic that men don't have a coherent philosophy to where they're actively and intentionally imparting something to their kids mm-hmm. so that resentment so so that I would see step number one is the recognition that. Dollars are hours of my life that I'm never going to get back. Absolutely. Step number two is I'm going to be conscious of resentment that I may feel towards my wife, towards my kids. That's actually the social pressure that's saying – your kids have to have this your kids have to have that or kids coming home and saying or my wife has, has to have this the biggest one right now dude is fucking college yeah oh my god if you're sending your kid to college like re fucking evaluate what a goddamn scam that's a topic for another <laughs> yeah thank you for, for stopping time. on that
1: oh my god <laughs> well let's let's make sure we uh, expound on the idea of having a parenting philosophy because it doesn't like the list of activities, isn't it? It's like, what am I, what do I want to impart to them? You know, what do I want to make them feel?
0: And the information's out there. I mean, we live in a time where as a man, I can get adequately informed. Mm-hmm. I can get adequately informed on how to influence my marriage to where it's a great marriage. Mm-hmm. I can get adequately informed on how to influence my children Mm -hmm. to give them the best chance of adulting and creating a meaningful and fulfilling life of their own. The information's out there. It's not even like fucking, you don't have to go build it for yourself. Right. Right. But I think that resentment oftentimes keeps us stuck. Mm-hmm. It keeps us stuck in where we we would rather come home and drink a six-pack and binge on Netflix and wait for the damn kids to go to bed or whatever or sneak downstairs and watch some porn or what it's like all of a sudden now these vices start affecting us. Which creates shame, right? Mm-hmm. God, I am kind of a shitty person, and we just stay stuck in it, mm-hmm.
1: and and we think that we're actually doing for our kids by having some money available to to buy something for them, right? You know, and and we
0: want to be we want to be happy that we can do that, but oftentimes it's at such a level that we're just we feel the pressure and just the monotony of that, mm-hmm. and it's like we're not even thinking consciously. God damn you, you little piece of shit. <laughs>
1: And but it's, but it's we're feeling us.
0: it, yeah. 100% on us. Yeah. But again, consumers, they're manipulating the fuck out of you. Turn the goddamn TV off. Take a break from that shit. But the potency of it, I don't know, dude. I just, I, and then it becomes a perfect cycle because we're already stressed out, right? Because again, one of our primary conflicts is success, power, achievement. Mm -hmm. And so we're already stressed out that the thought of reading a parenting book or reading a relationship book, or God forbid, we think, you know what, maybe I will get a different fucking job. Maybe I'm not going to do this the rest of my life. And I'm not one of those that believes that your work is your passion like, fuck that. Like, whatever, man. <laughs> well,
1: let's leave that on the table. Well, <laughs> I just
0: think it's possible. But I also think that when we were hunter-gatherers, yeah, we didn't hunt because we were passionate. Right. We were fucking hungry. So if, if you're a guy that's got a job, a J-O-B, mm-hmm. and what is meaningful and significant to you is what you do after 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But oftentimes we create this conflict that. You should be passionate about it. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, it's not bad. If to your be, work is yeah. pa-
0: if you're not passionate about your work, what's wrong with you? It's motherfucking work, man. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't have to. We wouldn't call it work if
1: it was fun or a hobby. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and if you're passionate about your work, that's awesome. Be yeah. grateful for that. Yeah. I, I, it so happens that therapy is a passion of mine. I have no fucking clue why I get to do therapy and not something else. I had no control over that because as you you know I don't believe in free will That things guided me into I'm just a lucky motherfucker and I'm incredibly grateful that I get to do what I do and I know a lot of guys that just go to work and get paid for it and go home and do shit that they like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're fine with that and and that is fine yeah you don't have to be conflicted about that you don't have to plant a fucking vineyard you don't have to like (laughs) it, it if it's good enough it gets to be good enough. Yes, yes. And I remember one of the toughest lessons that, I'll never forget this, right? So I'm sitting in session, this is years ago, and again, I've probably only been a therapist for a year or two, so I have no idea what I'm talking (laughs) about. And I remember this guy came in, He, we were just, it was just kind of chit-chat before we started, and he said, well, you know, the enemy of good is better, right? And I'm like, I know that's stupid. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's not. And he was in the medical field. He was a surgeon of some some type. And uh, he said that when he was learning to suture, that the clinical instructor or whatever they called them, I'm sure that's not it, but whatever, said, The enemy of good is better. He said, you're all type A. You're all surgeons. You all think you're better than everybody else. And so you're going to want a perfect suture. The job of a suture is not to be perfect. The job of the suture is to stop bleeding and hold tissue together. So if it's good enough, leave it alone. Yeah. But you're not going to. (laughs) You're going to fuck with it and you're going to mess it up. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to start create bleeding and you're going to have to do more sutures. The enemy of good is better. We don't get to say that like good enough. Isn't a thing anymore. It doesn't ever just get to be good enough. Eh, My house is good enough. I don't need to fucking remodel this season. Right. Right. Like my job's good enough. My Mm -hmm. it's, it's we're, we don't ever for us to say the enemy of good is better and that good enough is good enough would be some kind of failure on our part as men. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to that recognition of I'm sacrificing hours of my life mm-hmm. to try to get some, time, some kind of return on that. And our mantra should be that the enemy of good is better. And if things are good enough, now, you can't put this in an anniversary card, right? You can't You can't <laughs> say to your your wife, honey, I want you to know that you're good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't get better, because that's the end of it. Don't ask me to get better, for sure. Right? The, yeah. Now,
0: if we got that from our wives, honey, you're good enough. Oh, Fucking awesome. And, uh, Sweet. Yeah, you're, now you're dreaming over there. I know,
1: but God, but, in my little dream world. But see, I weigh that out in my, my time, because I was just told that, Uh, I need to replace all the door knobs. They're not really knobs, but handles in our house. They're brushed nickel. They need to be all replaced with black because black goes with it better. That's the new thing. And I'm thinking, it doesn't really matter. I don't mind doing it, but that's going to trade not only the dollars for 20 different, you know, door handles, but then the hours to change that or to pay somebody to do it. So is it worth another week of me at a job? to have that I don't think so I'm thinking the brush nickel one's work and unless you know somebody else that lives with me <laughs> convinces me that they would really love that then they'll stay like they are but it could still it could stay on the list
0: and that's the thing I can't you know it's like how do we begin to make those decisions uh, who knows you know I can't I can't organize your life for you I can't tell you if putting black handles on it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't fucking know. But at least we need to look at that. Well, that's but. what I'm, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Be conscious of it. What is the ROI? Is it going to make me a little bit more money? Maybe it'll make me a little bit more money, but time is finite. Yeah. And God damn to get to the end of our life and just think I was busy the whole time. All I did was, was just busy. Yeah, no, we don't want that. And what did I? What kind of a return did I get on it? Mm -hmm. And that would be step number one: is just being conscious. And there's so many things out there that continue to put more pressure on us men to perform more, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like hardcore, like Navy SEAL shit. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be a Navy SEAL. Like, I don't. (laughs) The sun has yeah. set on that. Right. And right, like, right. Um, you know, I'm 50. I'm a little fluffy now. I'm trying to like, you know, work out a little bit more and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's like, it, it will require pressing back against a lot of the expectations of what our culture says a real man is. Mm-hmm. And that we, in our, in our lives, in our relationships with our partners, influencing our children, teaching them that it is an imperative to know what good enough is so that we don't waste hours of our lives that we are never going to get a return on. Absolutely.
1: I love that. And and let me point out here, we'll put something on, we'll put links uh, on our Facebook page to a blog about this that'll kind of help a guy go through the reevaluation process and then understand things like being a good husband and and uh, choosing your parenting philosophy, right? Because there's a lot more to talk about on that, but we'll we'll allow that information to be uh, linked to.
0: Yeah, and if you if if this idea of a parenting philosophy, like If that's completely new to you and you're like, I don't even know what the fuck you guys are talking about, please engage us in that conversation because there is so much incredible information out there. We know so much that can empower you to be the father to your children that you need and you can start to create a legacy for them to where they're not in the same dilemma of having to exchange hours that they're <laughs> never going to
1: get a return on. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. Uh, can you do something about the hair? Yeah. I think I'm going to make a follow-up haircut. I think it's still under warranty. Because I'm conflicted because it's fucking bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love it.
0: But I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. Okay. Okay. Um, and maybe we'll maybe we'll try to get a picture posted so you guys can see <laughs> just exactly what I'm looking at. Uh, anyway, as always, buddy, thanks for keeping this thing on the road. Yeah, and uh, we'll do it again soon. All right.